the takeaway. Here's a quick rundown of what we know today about mast practice and its alternatives. Scientists will continue to deepen our understanding. We harbor deep convictions that we learn better through single-minded focus and dogged repetitions. And these beliefs are validated time and again by the visible improvement that comes during quote-unquote practice, practice, practice. But scientists call this heightened performance during the acquisition phase of a skill momentary strength and distinguish it from underlying habit strength. Rather, underlying habit strength. The very techniques that built that build habit strength, like spacing, interleaving, and variation, slow visible acquisition, and fail to deliver the improvement during practice that helps to motivate and reinforce our efforts. Cramming, a form of mass practice, has been likened to binge and purge eating. A lot goes in, but most of it comes right back out in short order. In short order. The simple act of spacing out study and practice in installments and allowing time to elapse between them makes both the learning and the memory stronger. In effect, building habit strength. How big an interval, you ask? A simple answer? Enough so that practice doesn't become a mindless repetition. At a minimum, enough time so that a little forgetting has set in. A little forgetting between practice sessions can be a good thing if it leads to more effort in practice. But you do not want so much forgetting that retrieval essentially involves relearning the material. The time periods between sessions of practice let memories consolidate. Sleep seems to play a large role in memory consolidation, so practice with at least a day in between sessions is good. Something as simple as a deck of flashcards can provide an example of spacing. Between repetitions of any individual card, you work through many others. The German scientist Sebastian Leitner developed his own system, system for spaced practice of flashcards, known as the Leitner box. Think of it as a series of four file card boxes. In the first are the study materials, so they, be they musical scores, hockey moves, or Spanish vocabulary flashcards that must be practiced frequently because you often make mistakes in them. In the second box are the cards you're pretty good at, and that box gets practiced less often than the first, perhaps by a half. The card in the third box are practiced less often than those in the second, and so on. If you miss a question, make mistakes in the music, flub the one-touch pass, you move it up the box so you will practice it more often. The underlying idea is simply that the better you master, rather the better your mastery, the less frequent the practice. 
but if it's important to retain, it will never disappear completely from you, from your set of practice boxes. Beware of the familiarity trap. The feeling that you know something and no longer need to practice it. This familiarity can hurt you during self-quizzing. If you take shortcuts, Doug Larson says, you have to be disciplined to say, all right, I'm going to make myself recall all of this, and if I don't, what did I miss? How did I know? How did I not know that? Whereas if you have an instructor-generated test or quiz, suddenly you have to do it. There's an expression, you can't cheat, you can't take mental shortcuts around it, you simply have to do that. The nine quizzes Andy Sobel administers over the 26 meetings of his political economics course are a simple example of space retrieval practice and of interleaving because he rolls forward into each successive quiz questions pertaining to work from the beginning of the semester. Interleaving two or more subjects during practice also provides a form of spacing. Interleaving can also help you develop your ability to discriminate later between different kinds of problems and select the right tool from your growing toolkit of solutions. In interleaving, you don't move from a complete practice set of one topic to go to another. You switch before each practice is complete. A friend of ours describes his own experience with this, quote, I go to a hockey class and we're learning skating skills, puck handling, shooting, and I notice that I get frustrated because we do a little bit of skating and just when I think I'm getting it, we go to stick handling. And I go home frustrated saying, why doesn't this guy keep letting us do these things until we get it? Unquote. This is actually the, the rare coach who understands that it's more effective to distribute practice across these different skills than polish each one in, in turn. The athlete gets frustrated because the learning's not proceeding quickly, but the next week he will be better at all aspects the skating, the puck handling, stick handling, and so on, than if he dedicated each session to polishing one skill. Like interleaving, varied practice helps learners build a broad schema, an ability to assess changing conditions and adjust responses to fit. Arguably, interleaving and variation help learners reach beyond memorization to higher levels of conceptual learning and application building more rounded, deep, and durable learning, what in motor skills shows up as underlying habit strength. Something that researchers, researchers call block practice is castly mistaken, easily mistaken for varied practice. It's like the old LP records that could only play their songs in the same sequence. In block practice, which is commonly but not only found in sports, a drill is run over and over. The player moves from one station to the next, performing a different maneuver at each station. That's how the LA Kings were practicing their one-touch pass. Before they got religion, they got religion and started changing it up. 
It would be like always practicing flashcards in the same order. You need to shuffle your flashcards. If you always practice the same skill as in the same way, from the same place on the ice or on field in the same set of math problems, or during the same sequence in a flight simulator, you're starving your learning one on short rations of variety. Spacing, interleaving, and variability, variability are natural features of how we conduct our lives. Every patient visit or football game is a test and an exercise in retrieval practice. Every routine traffic stop is a test for a cop, and every traffic stop is different, adding to a cop's explicit and implicit memory, and if she pays attention, making her more effective in the future. The common term is learning from experience. Some people never seem to learn. One difference, perhaps, between those who do and don't is whether they have cultivated the habit of reflection. Reflection is a form of retrieval practice. What happened? What did I do? How did it work out? Enhanced with elaboration. What would I do differently next time? As Doug Larson reminds us, the connection between the neurons in the brain are very plastic. Making the brain work is actually what seems to make a difference, bringing in more complex networks than using those circuits repeatedly, which makes them more, which makes them more robust.